From Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show. Here we are rocketed on the Automotive ADHD show, heard around the world as a podcast right here in Southern Colorado on the radio, 91.7 KLZR, voice of the Wet Mountain Valley. Matt West here, hanging out with you, talking cars on a weekend. I got a packed show for you. You've likely heard about the uh, United Auto Workers Union strike. I'm going to talk about what it means for the industry and for us as consumers. Um, and then uh, two new products from Ford are uh, allegedly coming out, obviously, when um, when the strike ends. But we're going to talk about that. One's a 5,000-pound hot hatch-ish. I say that in air quotes. Um, also, the new Mustang GTD. It is basically a factory race car and uh, it is probably the coolest Mustang they have ever made. However, are they are they going to make? Are they actually going to make them? Uh, well, how many are they going to make? Uh, I don't know. Well, well, uh, well, well. I do know, and I'm going to tell you about that here uh, later on in the show. Honda also has a uh, V8 now with wait for it, VTEC. Yes, a Honda V8 with VTEC. The the automotive gods have blessed us with with this invention. Um, or have they? I'll tell you more about that. We're going to play your car sounds on this edition of the show. And I have some huge news and announcement that directly affects the show in a good way. It's not something bad. It is actually good. I've been working really hard on it. Um, and and before we get to all of this stuff today, um, in prep for that big news, uh, I have been scaling back temporarily on the podcast uploads. I want to thank my dedicated podcast listeners for hanging hanging in there uh, on this. Um, also, for the podcast, we're going to have a temporary change of format. Right now, going forward for the next few weeks, the podcast is going to be 30 minutes just like the radio show uh, on KLZR. So this won't affect listeners on the radio show because the radio show show is only half an hour on the podcast. I have a little more leeway to go in depth and be a little more uh, free flowing with some thoughts and some ideas. But for now, um, the podcast also going to be 30 minutes for the next few shows. And that just gives me time to get all my ducks in a row for the big announcement that I'm going to announce here um, at the uh, in the third half of the show. And uh, it's one of those things that's just taking a lot of my time, a lot of my effort getting this set up and ready to go. So bear with me while I do this. It's going to be worth it for you. It's worth it for me. I think it's all around going to be a win. Now, before we get to any of that, I, I saw this story came up out of Topeka, Kansas. And uh, <laughs> firstly, I, I need to preface this with... Um, Asking you, the listener, do are there any CDL truck drivers uh, who listen to the show? Because uh, if they if there are, you should uh, you should chime in on the Facebook page and uh, and let me know facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. And if there are CDL truck drivers, you you may get a kick out of this. Um, there was a uh, Wendy's in Topeka, Kansas, and this comes by way of the uh, local uh, news affiliate there, uh, Channel 13 WIBW News. And uh, they report that a truck driver, full-on 18-wheeler, got stuck in the drive-thru. <laughs> at <laughs> this Wendy's. I mean, come on, man. If you're you're a truck driver and you're like, I need a bacon egg a baconator with cheese and fries, um, and you're going through the 
You go through the drive-thru with, with the rig? I mean, come on, come on. That is, okay, so the good news here, nobody got hurt but the truck. Um, he, he discovered that, well, he couldn't actually make the turn in the drive-thru, so he decided to drive over a, um, kind of a center barrier between the Wendy's drive-thru and the parking lot. It's kind of a concrete barrier, and he got the truck beached on there, no doubtably doing loads of damage to the truck, um, and I'm sure this guy... I, I'm sure it looks like he works for like a big fleet operator. He doesn't look like an owner operator. So I'm, I don't know if he's, he's still employed at this time. Um, there's a, there's a high degree that he's, um, he's probably not. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Um, but you know, I, I mean, it's tough getting through the drive through in big trucks, right? We have, we have big pickup trucks that are even a pain to get through there. Um, I've seen pickup trucks with trailers try to go through the drive through uh, unsuccessfully, I should add. And, uh, come on with the semi truck though, man, uh, maybe if you are a CDL truck driver, uh, maybe you could chime in on exactly what was going through this guy's mind. Now, I know you're smarter than that. I know you are. That's that's why you listen to this show. But um, is this all worth it for <laughs> to grab a to get grab a burger and fries? Oh man, I don't know. Um, they are saying that he was probably delivering supplies to that Wendy's. He was probably he was probably doing that. But wh- why did he go through the drive-through? Why? That's just. I it, it it baffles me. I I do not understand this. So yeah, if you're a truck driver, enlighten me. Or you could just poke fun at how stupid this is. That's that's probably what you'll do. So anyway, um, also while we're wrapping up the uh, the first segment of the show here, before we talk about uh, some of the details with the UAW strike, uh, before we talk about some of the new things Ford's got going on after the strike, um, Honda. Honda has has blessed us the engine gods that have created that that are responsible for VTech have uh, have blessed us with a first Honda's first ever production V8 with VTech. It's a 350 horsepower uh V8. It's called the BF350. Um I'm not sure what the BF stands for, but BF V8 you you know what it probably has some technical term but 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 my brain says says something that you know like when you say like bfh in terms of like a hammer like a big freaking hammer um that's a big freaking engine big freaking v8 um that's that's <laughs> well that's the radio safe virgin uh, of of that so um i don't know if that's what honda was going for but you know what that's what i'm i'm dubbing this also um i think they should call this the vtech 8 if aside from the bf350 the vtech 8 come on that's a that's a good good name i will take credit for that and honda uh, obviously if you want to license that from me uh license that from the automotive adhd show we can we can talk your um uh your lawyers and 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 mine we can have a discussion and you can you can license that from me completely ignoring the fact that vtech is licensed to honda but if you add an eight to the end of it there we go that's my idea but um about this engine about this engine so 350 horsepower it's got v8 um it's uh it's an interesting setup it's got a 60 degree offset crankshaft uh, so it's a pretty i don't know it's it's an interesting setup and um they say it is designed to provide minimal vibration for a V8. It's supposed to be easier to balance with that 60 degree offset. And it's just kind of, kind of weird. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, Honda making a V8. Now Honda has experience with V8s from competing in F1 during the V8 
the V8 era. Uh, now, this also has a um, 32 valves, so that's uh, four valves per, per cylinder here, uh, 10 to 1 compression ratio, and um, I think that this is this is great. This is great. Now, you might be sitting there, you might be, you know, looking at this and going, Honda with a with a V8, no less. I mean, this is truly, this is truly a momentous occasion in in history. It'll be, you know, remembered around the world that that Honda. This was the debut of Honda's V8. By the way, that 350 horsepower comes in at 5,000 RPMs. It's not too much of a high rever. It sounds like it's a little meaty, a little torquey, um, and. Um, it's, uh, you know, I mean, look, General Motors has the the small block Chevy, uh, 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 Dodge has the Hemi, Ford has the Coyote uh, and the Voodoo engine and, you know, and some other things. I mean, it is time. I mean, even Toyota makes a V8, you know, well, they had one for a long time. I mean, you had the uh, um, the one UZFE, the two UZFE, um, which are very popular to swap into older Toyota chassis now. Those are from like Tundras of old. What car, you're asking, what car is this going to end up in? Because, you know, Honda's not putting this in the Accord. They're not putting it in the Camry, the Civic type, or the Camry, Honda Camry. Sorry, I, did I just say that? <laughs> I swear I am the host of an automotive show. Um, no, to, 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 break, to break the news to you, this is going in a boat. This is the, all of this hype, all of this hype, and it's going in a boat. It is a boat engine. Honda doesn't even plan to put it in a car. Can you believe that? On that disappointment, we're going to wrap up this segment. I'll be back here in just a minute. And now for how things work with an engineer. Rotary engines. Regret. And that was how things work with an engineer. More of how things work can be found at facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. Oh yeah, not a Honda V8 with VTEC, by the way. No, that wasn't. Come on, Honda. What are you doing? What are you doing? Get, get that engine in a car already. I'm just saying. No, those car sounds uh, were courtesy of OBD1 Kenobi. And you might be thinking, well, gee, that sounded like a flat six. Is, is it a bird, a plane, a Porsche? If you said Porsche, you'd be wrong. Yes, that was uh, not a Porsche. In fact, that is a uh, flat six in a Subaru. Now, that's an interesting Subaru build that OBD1 Kenobi has. It is a... Flat six swapped Impreza hatch, like think the GC era, GC eight era of Impreza, like late nineties. And it's not just flat six swapped; it's full STI drivetrain swap. So he's got STI trans in there, uh, front subframe, suspension, brakes, diff, all of the above. Like everything is as it's basically an STI underneath the body of an old Impreza hatch with a flat six swapped into it. I don't know where Obi One Kenobi gets these ideas. I don't know where he does it, and also I don't know where he finds the time, considering he's got a full-time job as a master tech, and then he does that in his garage. I mean, props props to him, and of course, he's a good friend of the show and a reoccurring guest. I'd like to get him on to uh, talk about that car, maybe a little bit. Could be fun. Hey, if you've got car sounds, send them in to me, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. I live vicariously through my listeners' car sounds, um, and it's also fun. You can tell your friends, hey, my car was on the radio. Go check it out. It's really cool. Um, you can also email me, matt, at throttlewarrior.com uh, with those car sounds. So 
I promised to talk about the United Auto Workers um, Union Strike, the UAW. Um, they, uh, and I'm, I'm going to kind of touch on exactly, I'm going to give you some cliff notes over what the strike is about, what are they striking for, and, and what does it mean for consumers? What does it mean for those of us that maybe even already have cars? You say, well, I'm not going to buy a car anytime soon. It still affects you. It still does. And I'll tell you how. But generally speaking, what these what the unions are striking for, and, and this is typically what unions strike for, is increased pay. Oftentimes, if you look at strikes throughout history, um, it's increased pay, better working conditions, um, things like that. And that is part of this. So the UAW is asking for almost a 40% wage increase um, for its members. And they say they, they, they demand this raise because the auto companies, the big three, had a $21 billion profit in just the first half of this year. So that's part of their justification. They're saying that the corporate, the companies are taking in, you know, raking in the profits while paying the workers no, nothing, essentially. Um and um, now, so so far, uh, companies, uh, which the big three that are involved here, are, uh, General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis. Now, Stellantis being Fiat, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep. That's what Stellantis is. Um, and um, the companies have offered a 20% pay jump, but the unions... Um, are saying the or the union rather is saying that that's not adequate and they're going to continue striking until they they get the pay hike that they demand um, and they're they're doing this too in a lot of ways because there have been other unions who've done strikes recently who've seen some success with that um, you've got strikes at UPS American Airlines you've got uh, the uh, screenwriters strike as well in Hollywood some of that stuff's still going on right now so. We're hearing a lot about strikes lately, and this is this is one of them. And this is a really big one. This is a huge one. Um, so, in addition to a pay increase, um, they also want the reinstatement of cost of living protections. Um, and and essentially, with cost of living protections, that was essentially a guarantee that if inflation goes up, if housing goes up, you know these different things, um, that you would be paid. In accordance with that inflation, your pay wouldn't stay stagnant while inflation and other expenses, maybe the city you're in uh, experiences some huge growth and property values go through the roof. The idea was that this would protect workers from that, uh, which, by the way, workers uh, gave this up during the 2008 financial crisis and concessions to uh, as part of an agreement with the automakers during that. And now they're pushing for the reinstatement of that. Um and now another one here, too, is they want to end the two-tier system for wages uh, and benefits. And I, I had to look into a little bit of what this includes because, um, you know, I don't work in the automotive manufacturing business. I just I sit here and talk about cars on the radio, which isn't which isn't a real job. Like the, the men and women who literally build the cars that I, <laughs> I talk about, uh, they, they have a real job. So um, but essentially I, I had to look into this because, like I said, I, I don't work in the, this capacity in the industry. Um, and, and in many ways, it's a little it's interesting. So um, one of the things they want is they want to essentially um, 
kind of level things out when it comes to new hires in terms of wages and health care and, and benefits. Because right now the system exists in such a way where new hires doing the same job as a veteran employee are paid significantly uh, different amounts of, of, of an income. They're paid a significant difference. Now, you can argue a, a senior employee you know, has more experience and should be paid more. Um, but a lot of the people who are doing this, you know, that if a new hire gets to a point where they're equally as productive, you're thinking you got to think about this in a in a uh, manufacturing line context. Uh, you know, there's a sort of a, a level where they get equally as proficient if they're just as good at it, but they're still a newer hire they say that they should be paid the same amount and this there's a multiple angles you could take to the uh to this argument i could i can see merit in either way you look at this that well a uh, old old employee who's really worked at it and has been there deserves more pay and the other side of that is you know well a new employee who's just as good at the job should be paid on their skill not just for their time at the company there's there's different points to this argument and that's not an argument we're making right now on the show i'm just kind of giving you a rundown of of what they want um now in 2019 the big three did agree to do a progression scheme where over time employees would basically have eight years meaning you know someone who's new could work up to that higher pay rate in the span of eight years and now the uaw wants a 90-day progression to that top rate. They want new employees to get that top pay in 90 days. Um, and, uh, and they say that would eliminate essentially the tiered system that you have multiple tiers of employee, like, okay, first year, second year, third year, and so on. So that's one thing they are advocating for the elimination of. And again, I'm not arguing the merits for it or against it right now. Again, I'm just giving you that rundown of this is what they want. This is why this is their reason for striking. Um, and the last thing that's kind of a big ticket item, there's other things too in this, but the last big ticket item is they want job security during the, um, you know, as more manufacturers start to push for more EVs. Uh, EVs are are simpler to build. They require less assembly, you know, points of assembly. They are, I mean, significantly fewer moving parts in an EV. Um, is that a good thing or, or a bad thing in terms of how the product operates and functions? I mean, you know my stance on the show when it comes to EVs. You know, my stance is that I think we should have a free and open market and should be allowed to pursue EVs and gas cars and we should be diverse in how we use that energy. We should we should use it both. Why why would we why would we deliberately shoot ourselves in the foot and say, nope, can't use gas cars, only can use EVs now. When you got all these global factors going on with oil and trade and and embargoes and wars and all these other things, it makes sense, in my opinion, to just say, look, buy what is useful for you. If you drive around town, you commute a lot. Short distances, an EV is a great option. Uh, it's great for that. EV trucks are also pretty compelling now, too. I talked about this show on this show. I, I had an experience with the F-150 Lightning, and I think it's I think it's actually kind of a fun truck. Um, so they th- these are kind of the big ticket items that are going on with the UAW right now. And it means a lot of different things, you know, for one right now, um, you know, the big three, I mean, at many of their big plants are not having automotive production. I mean, that is the obvious um, initial uh, effect of a strike. That is, that is what they're uh, doing right now. And we're going to talk a little bit here in the third half of the show. I got a little too long winded in this segment on it. So we'll push this into the third half here. 
um, about what this means for you, what it means for me, um, and even if you're not in the plan, not in the market for a new vehicle, you're saying, you know what, I'm fine with my 20-year-old my box of rust, just like I <laughs> just like I am, this doesn't affect me. Well, it, it might actually affect you still, and I'll tell you why here uh, after the break. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, the Speed Council proudly presents Automotive ADHD, now on video. For better or for worse, subscribe to Automotive ADHD, now playing on YouTube and Rumble. Oh man, check that out. Those were not car sounds. Those were not car sounds at all. That was Landon sending in some snowmobile sounds. Yeah. I know we're getting into fall. It's it's officially fall now, by the way, and uh, that means winter is coming up. And that means if you like playing around on fast sleds, snowmobiles, that's gonna be a, it's gonna be a thing here soon. So hey, remember you can send those sounds, uh, those snowmobile sounds. That's a that's a first now on the show. We've had tractor sounds, lawnmower sounds, um, motorcycle sounds, snowmobile sounds. Let's go. <laughs> hey, if you got honestly anything that that with an engine and it makes noise, send it into the show. Facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. Email me, Matt at throttlewarrior.com. So in the last segment, I was talking about the UAW strike, what the workers are striking for, and what does that strike mean for you and me? So obviously the the big three uh, have many of their manufacturing plants are now not producing vehicles. So that's that that obvious like, okay, there's going to be less vehicles. There's going to be less supply. If you're buying a car right now, a lot of these manufacturers did kind of know this was coming up and they started stocking ahead of time and they they have some inventory, but that's not going to last for forever. Um, A lot of times, you know, these cars, this inventory that's built, um, you know, is built, you know, a year out and then it makes it to those the dealerships and things like that. So we may not see this immediately, but we may see a reduction in supply here over the course of the next year. Um, the biggest one, and this is an update as of the 22nd of September here. So this is the latest update. Um, hat tip motor trend, by the way, for this. Um, and uh, and so the workers have now, the unionized employees at 38 General Motors and Stellantis Parts Distribution Centers in 20 states um, have now uh, walked off of the job. The union president told them at noon on the 22nd that you should walk off the job. And um, that that now is huge because that's not just new cars now. That's at parts distribution centers. And that's one of the things will, that will affect you and me. If we already have a car, you say, well, I, I don't, I'm not buying a car. I don't, this doesn't matter. I'm not buying a new car. Well, now if you've got an old car and you need to get parts at the dealership or even parts secondhand that have now have an inflated cost because they're no longer available at the dealership, this is going to be a a significant blow to the the part supply chain as well. And, um, and, And I think that's that's really big. I mean, you know, whether you agree with the union or not, whether you agree with that and, you know, that we're not going to have that argument at this exact moment if what they're doing is right or wrong. I just want to present you the, the facts of what is going on, whether you agree with that or not. Um, that's going to affect, I think, anyone who has a has a car in many ways, especially a car manufactured by the big three right now. Um, and um, so that also, you know, when you look at the the grand scheme of things with this 
with this strike, you know, and will the CEOs, will the major representatives at the big three come to a agreement? Are they going to negotiate and come to an agreement on this? Who knows? Who knows how long this could take? This might take a while, for example, because like if you look at the Hollywood strikes right now, those have been going on for a while, too. Um, now, that being said, um, you know, is this going to increase the cost of cars? Uh, I think absolutely. There's probably going to be if you look back to when covid was really in full swing, um, you know, and manufacturing of cars all but stopped because of uh, semiconductor shortages and these other things. We didn't see that immediately, but over the course of the year, we did see that. We saw car prices go up exponentially. That's when we started seeing some ridiculous dealer markups, ridiculous markups. So um, that being said, yeah, I think there's a possibility to do that. If you've ordered a car with the big three and it's not in production yet, um, you know, the, you know, if, if it hasn't hit the line yet, if you if you ordered one at the dealer, yeah, this is probably going to be a big delay for you. Um, and, and this brings another question, which is, should you just buy? OK, well, uh, this is Ford, Chevy and Dodge, essentially Ford GM and, you know, Dodge and Chrysler, um, you know, Stellantis again, if you want to get technical. But um, what if you just buy a car from a, a company that that doesn't have union workers? Tesla is famous for this. Um, if, if anything, it's weird that, you know, Tesla stands actually to benefit a lot from this. Uh, so does Toyota. So does, you know, so do any of the non-union manufacturers. Um, yeah, you could just go, all right, I'm just going to go buy parts or I'm just going to go buy a Toyota. Uh, Toyota is not affected by this. They don't have uni unionized labor. Tesla doesn't have that. Some other manufacturers don't either. Um, you could do that. But the problem is with the parts stuff here, the parts distribution centers, a lot of automakers share parts. I mean, it's common to see Bosch parts on, you know, different makes of cars, Denso parts, all these different things. I mean, the parts manufacturers don't make every part that's in the car. They get these parts from suppliers and through the automotive supply chain. That's why the chip shortage was so devastating when it, when it was, is it affected all the manufacturers, you know? So, um, you know, that's one of those things that this could have other effects on the economy as well. This could, this could trickle to other parts of the market, um, you know, as it affects all of the things. So uh, I guess to the point of this, yes, this affects all of us and we should definitely keep an eye on it. And I'm going to keep you up to date on this show of what this means. I mean, this is a car show. I like the fun, lighter topics. I like the, you know, cool race car stuff, obviously, but it is a car show. And this is a major deal in the automotive industry right now. Massive. There's, there's, there's no way I could call myself an automotive show host if I didn't have some coverage of this. So um, anyway, uh, I, I have gone I've gone on and, and talked about this a lot. I did want to tell you a little bit about some new stuff that Ford has going on that they announced at least. And we'll see if this actually these cars come to fruition here with these strikes or what it's going to going to happen with that. Um, and, and I'm going to have to leave out some of this but just for the sake of time. But um, the Ford Mustang GTD. This is a $300,000 Mustang that has just been announced. And um, it's essentially a racing version of the Mustang Dark Horse. But by racing version, I mean, this is as close to the actual like GT3 spec race car that Ford uses uh, for GT3 racing. It's much closer to that than the actual 
you know, Dark Horse Mustang. I mean, this thing has custom cantilever uh, inboard suspension in the rear. It's got all this crazy racing tech in it. It's basically you drop 300K on a street legal GT3 Mustang race car. And um, you're like, oh, well, that's cool. I don't have $350,000 or $300,000, however much it's really going to be. I mean, it's going to be, they say it's going to be in that ballpark. Um, there, Ford is going to go, this is, I mean, this is a cool machine. This is a really cool machine. I mean, it's got a massive wing mounted to the um, the rear uh, pillars of the car. Uh, it's not actually mounted to the trunk in an interesting way. And I mean, this is, again, a very fascinating car and I love it. So, um, but big money, I probably, I probably won't be buying one of these anytime soon. They're going to be doing the same process as, um, uh, as the, uh, uh, Ford GT when that came out. So they're going to make 2000 of these and they're going to use a special allotment concierge system to allocate these to buyers. And these will presumably have the same embargo on actually selling them. You probably have to sign a contract when you do it, but come on. Come on, it's a street legal GT3 race car. Let's go for that. I mean, that's just insanely cool. They're saying it's going to be somewhere in the 500 horsepower ballpark. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's they're they're saying it's going to do a sub seven minute Nurburgring time too. So uh, hey, that's uh, that's what your money gets you. I guess I guess you could say you dropped 300 grand on a on a Mustang. Can you believe that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But hey, by the way, before I wrap up, I promised you exciting news. Um, this show, now it's not going to go anywhere for listeners here on KLZR. For the time being, we're going to stay right here in the Wet Mountain Valley. But the excitement that I have for this is that we're now also going to move on to a major uh, talk radio station in Colorado Springs from Olympic City, where I usually do the show from, are now going to be on weekends. This is going to start October 8th. Sundays at 6 p.m. on AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. A, uh, ba- a big thank you to uh, Salem Media for helping me make this possible and use their airwaves to uh, spread all sorts of uh, automotive fun on the radio. And um, this is going to be great. It's going to be good for you, the listener. It's going to be good for me. We're going to get the show on multiple radio stations now in Southern Colorado. Kind of starting. Can I say that I'm syndicated? I guess maybe (laughs) maybe I am. But hey, I'll tell you more about this. Um, Also have an exciting announcement of where the show is going to be. Hint, hint. It's in Las Vegas and it's in the end of October. I'll tell you about that. But hey, don't go anywhere. Subscribe to this show or find podcasts and this one are downloaded. And I will see you right here next week.